My husband Scott and I, we serve on the leadership team here at The Rock, and uh, I'm really excited to jump into the Word with you. Uh, over the past uh, few weeks, we've been in the series called The Habits, and I have been vigorously just writing down notes like, oh yeah, that's so good, that's so good, Lord, help me apply that to my life. And uh, because how many of you guys know that we can send a teaching or hear a really good message or go to a conference event and we're like, that was so good. Man, that was, and we dialogue about it, right? Like my husband and I will be in the car. What'd you get out of it? Yeah, this is what I got out of it. Yeah, that was so good, right? Hey, let's listen to that again. And then somebody might ask you a few days later, like, hey, yeah, what did you do to apply that to your life? And you're like, that was a good message, right? <laughs> Isn't that true? That sometimes that's what happens. We can sit here and we can just retain all this like, good information and we can just receive and receive and receive and we can grow into this really big brain and like, have a little small body because we've actually never applied it to our life. And so that's my prayer for us today, that we don't just have head knowledge, we don't just continue to add to the things that we know but that we get a heart conviction, right? And that, and that we get so convicted by the goodness of God that we would repent. And I don't mean repent by, you know, weeping and wailing and let me just kind of sit at the feet of Jesus and cry about how bad I am because that's not what repentance is. Repentance is changing from your ways. Repentance is course correction. Really, if you ever feel guilt or condemnation to change, that's not from the Lord. God doesn't guilt us into change. God loves us into change. See, the goodness of God, it's like this. If the goodness of God is over here on this side, and we're kind of walking this way, God's like, hey, course correct. Come on, I'm over here. My goodness is over here. So repent, change your ways, and follow me this way, right? That's what repentance is. And so may we receive the word of God today and be convicted to change. Amen? Uh, last week, Titus shared a little bit about um, his message. You know, if you haven't listened to it, download it on the app. Um, it's so good. He talks about the machete and carving a new way in your life so that you can get to the river faster and more efficiently. And his first step was making sure that your words were right. And it's so good. And today I'm going to talk about the axe. And uh, I think I love it. I love how the, the Bible just, you know, the Word of God just kind of illustrates all of these things so creatively. And so I have a story for you. It's about a woodcutter. And he was really, really strong. And uh, he got a job at this timber, mark, or timber company. And he went, and on the first day, he went out and cut, all, cut down all of these trees. And he cut down 18 trees all by himself. And his boss was like, wow, like you're one of the best woodcutters we have. If you keep this up, I'm going to give you a raise. And so he was super motivated to keep going, you know, 18 trees. That's like one of the records. So the second day he goes out and he just went out with all of his might. You know, he wanted to be just as good as his first day. And at the end of the day, he cut down 15 trees. That's not bad, right? It's not 18, but that's not bad. So the third day, he's like, well, I just want to make sure that my productivity, you know, stays at 18. So he gets up half an hour earlier than everybody else. He goes out there, cuts down trees. And uh, at the end of the day, he comes and he cut down 12. And he was like, 
uh, I might be, you know, maybe I'm tired or losing my strength or something. So on the fourth day, he gets up half an hour earlier than everybody else, and he uses all of his might and all of his strength to cut down those trees, and then he works towards lunch. He's like, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm going to go out there and try to get those 18 trees. And at the end of the fourth day, he uh, cut down 10. So his boss goes up to him, and he's like, um, hey, we just kind of noticed that your productivity has gone down. You know, you started at 18, and now you're at 10, and uh, we really need you to pick it up, you know, or else we might have to let you go. And the woodcutter was all discouraged and sad, and so the boss kind of felt bad, and he just asked him, like, well, when was the last time you sharpened your axe? And the woodcutter goes, sharpen my axe? I haven't had time to sharpen my axe. I've been too busy out there trying to cut down trees. And we can say, hmm, and then we can kind of chuckle and be like, well, of course. If your axe is dull, of course you're not going to cut down as many trees, right? But I think we do that in our own lives all the time. See, God has given each of us an axe. And in each of us, he specifically created us for something, right? He's put gifts and talents and abilities inside of you so that we can build. It's a real axe, he, doesn't, he didn't just give us a toy axe and say, hey, let's just pretend we're going to build something together, right? He gave us a real tool, real gifts and talents inside of us to do something, to build something in this lifetime that only you can do. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says this, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. Um, so what is your axe? I want to take a look at this picture real quick. Here's two axes. They are both the same model, the same brand, the same make. One of them is a year old, and one of them is 10 years old. And so you might think like, well, of course, the one on the right, that's 10 years old. The one on the left, that's a year old. It looks a lot newer. And I'd have to tell you that you were wrong the one on the right is actually only a year old, and the one on the left is 10 years old. And then you're like, well, then of course, the one on the right, that's just been used more. And the one on the left has just never been used. And I'll also tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> and the one on the left has been used just as much, if not more, than the axe on the right. Because it comes down to the care of the axe. And so today, we're going to talk about that. What is your axe? How do we sharpen it? How do we care for it? So you might already know what your axe is. You might be operating in your gifts and talents every day. You might be a teacher. You might be a cook. You might be a doctor. You might be a singer. Uh, you might be a mom or a spouse. You know that those axes, you can't just not want them anymore, right? <laughs> Once you're a spouse or a parent. So you might have uh, just working these every single day already. But at some point, you might be looking at an area of your life and think to yourself, man, I, I think I might have lost my momentum here. Or I think I might have, you know, I'm just not as efficient in this area. Or I'm just, for whatever reason, I've just kind of hit this plateau. Like, what am I doing with my life now? Maybe you've kind of lost your edge. Maybe you're tired and you're working harder but getting less done. And so when we, think, when we talk about the dull axe and we talk about how we sharpen it, you know, you might want to even ask this question, like, like, not just what is, how do I sharpen my axe, but, um, but how, just, how do I become better at something? 
You know, sometimes I think we, we recognize what acts we have, and we're swinging it, and we're, we're building something, um, but we're just, we're so caught up in just getting the work done, just trying to go after the result without realizing and asking the question, well, how do I better this first in order to accomplish that, right? Like if you're a parent, this could just be, how can I be a better parent? Or if you're a spouse, how can I be a better spouse? We can go to seminars, we can read books, we can go to conferences. I love going to those things, by the way. Um, I've, got, I've gone to so many of them. I always kind of feel like, like my brain just got a bunch of juice pumped into it after I go to a conference. Um, but when we talk about sharpening your axe, did you know that all that information actually doesn't sharpen your axe? It might make it look a little bit better. <laughs> It might make it look a little bit shinier, but the actual sharpening of your axe takes a grind and a work. Your muscles might get tired. There are sparks that might fly, right? It's really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable when, when you recognize, like, like, there's this area of my life that needs work, right? It's really uncomfortable when someone else might point it out to you. That gets real uncomfortable, right? It's really uncomfortable and takes a lot of humility to say, um, there's aspects of me that can improve. I can be a better spouse. I can be a better parent. So how do we sharpen it? It's, it's not just the receiving and all of this information, but it's actually putting it into practice. It's actually... Uh, looking at your life and saying, what aspect can I change? Even if it's a small step. You know, I always um, think about my family, and, and my mom would reminisce a lot about our family and, and say, man, you know, I'm just, I'm so glad, I'm so thankful for where you're at right now. And then I would laugh and be like, yeah, now I'm like that. But when I was like 13 years old, you're like, I wish that tomorrow you'd be different, Right? And we think like that too. Man, why can't I just be successful tomorrow or yesterday, <laughs> right? I, had, um, I was listening to this pastor, and he, he's a, a, a writer, and um, he, he's written a ton of successful books. And he says, I have people ask me all the time, how do I become a better writer? And then he said, no, I don't. No, they ask me, how do I become uh, a published author? Because we often look at the result that we want and say, how do I do that? But then we're not willing to look at ourselves and say, well, what can I do to, for myself to get there? What do I need to change in myself in order to get that result? It would be like somebody asking me, hey, are you a good cook? And then I would say, oh, man, I have read thousands of books on cooking. I love looking at those pictures, those magazines where all the food is beautifully displayed. I have read just an innumerable amount of books on that. And so, yeah, I can cook. And I doubt that person could be like, yeah, I believe you. Because just knowing this stuff doesn't do anything. 
You have to go out there and take the risk of failing and say, I'm going to actually step out and maybe I'll make a mistake and maybe I'll fail or maybe it's just not going to turn out exactly what I want, but I'm going to do it anyway and I'm going to practice and I'm going to work it, right? Some of us, I think, um, we've forgotten our acts. That at one point or another in our life, we, we did recognize it, we picked it up, and then we swung it at the tree a few times, and then you like missed your mark. And, and then you kind of felt silly. It might have made you feel like a fool. Maybe you started a business and it failed. Maybe you got up to speak in front of a ton of people, and you stumbled over your words, and you couldn't finish. So you look at this axe and and you picked it up and you said, well, I just don't think that this is mine. And so then you let it out to weather in the storm or you hit it in the shed. Uh, I think that when when we talk about what God has put inside of us, oftentimes we wish that um, those, those things were already perfect, that they were already excellent that I don't have to study or try, but Lord, I I feel like I'm supposed to be a NASCAR driver, so why can't I be one today, right now, right? Or or Lord, I I feel like I'm supposed to be, um, you know, a traveling speaker, but I'm getting nothing. No one's asking me to come and speak. And so sometimes we have this idea that whatever it is that's already put inside of us, it should already be top-notch, up there, excellent, perfect. And so what happens is we, we, we begin to kind of get paralyzed by this perfection, this idea that I should already be here, and because I'm not, I'm just not going to step out. And really, I think it's actually not even a fear of failure. It's not a fear of failure. Because how many of you guys have ever like tripped and fell in your house and nobody's around and you're like, haha, that was so dumb, but let's just move on. But then you trip and fall in front of a stage full of people and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm horrified. I'm never going to speak again. <laughs> it's not a fear of failure. It's a fear of people. You get, we get trapped into this idea that I need to be a certain way so that people will like me. We get trapped into this idea that who I am, my identity, comes from how other people view me. So this lie of perfection, I have a story to tell you. I um, have a small business. I make, you know, I I write calligraphy, I do mugs and signs and stuff like that. And and this one time I had a lady who ordered four signs for me. And, um, And I dropped it off and she... She texted me later, and she just said, you know, and she was very nice, and she just said, but she said, I, I just want you to know I'm really disappointed in your signs. And um, I cried like a baby, <laughs> like bawled my eyes out for, I think, like an hour and a half. And, um, and, and these were the thoughts that came into my head. You're not cut out for this. You're not good enough. You're too vulnerable. You can't own your own business. You can't even handle this thing. Let me tell you what the enemy comes and does. He doesn't attack your craft. The enemy doesn't come and say, oh, yeah, like you need to just do better at making stuff. No, he comes and he, he, he lies to you about who you are. He comes and he attacks and says, look, you're not good enough as a person. You're not 
fill in the blank, whatever the lie it is that the enemy wants to do. And, and the thing is, God already told you who you are. That never changes. You're already loved by God. You can't be loved more by God no matter what you do. You're already the righteousness. You already have this relationship. It doesn't matter how much my son will mess up or be naughty. I cannot love him less. And that's how God feels about you. And if we would be more concerned about God loving us than how people love us, I think we'd be able to step out and risk a lot more than we already are. I think we'd be able to build a lot more great things because we're not afraid to fail, because we're not afraid to maybe make a fool of ourselves and other people, because that's not who I am. There's always room to improve, right? When we strive for perfection and we think we've reached it, we really close the door to any sort of growth. But we'll never get it. Look, you and I, I hate to burst your bubble, but we're not perfect. (laughs) I know. Sorry. But because we're not perfect, what that means is at some point in your life, you're going to fail. You're going to make a mistake. It's going to happen. I hope that we can be people that embrace our mistakes. If we're going to fail anyway, why not learn from it, right? We can fail for nothing or we can fail for something. I love um, the story of Thomas Edison. He uh, created the light bulb, and he went through over a thousand prototypes of the light bulb before he actually made it. And someone asked him, man, how did it feel to fail a thousand times? And this is what he said. He said, "Uh, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention that took a thousand steps. Isn't that good? That we can look at the things that just didn't work out and say, well, that's just one step closer. Some of us, we might not know what our axe is. You know, you might look around and be like, well, I know exactly what that person is good at, and I know exactly what that person is good at, but I'm not good at anything. And I want you to know that is not true. That God has specifically put things inside of you that only you can do. You look and look around the room right now, and not one of us looks like one another or talks like one another or reach the people like the other person or be able to do things like the other person. I think that we need to be people that stops looking at other people's axes and look at the inside and say, Lord, what is the axe you have given me? Here are some of the questions I like to ask other people and myself. If money were not an issue, what would you do with your time? What do you spend your time thinking about, talking about? What is, what is the thing that when you start a conversation with somebody, you're like, oh, yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> what do you lay in bed thinking about at night, dreaming that you could do? What do you do for free? I like that too. A lot of times I think, you know, um, I have like, like my business or my little side hustle, and then I have these things that I'm doing that I'm not being paid for, and I realize I'm just as passionate about those things because I love it. If money weren't an issue, what would you do with your time? What do you want to change, shape, and leave better than the way you found it? What is something that you look at and you're like, I can see how that can be better. Or that's not right. How can I help to make that right? What is that? 
What segment of the population are you drawn to? Is it women? Is it men? Is it young adults? Is it youth? Is it vets? Is it refugees? What experience, skill sets, knowledge have you been equipped with? See, when we, when we can go and, and ask the Lord to show us these things, sometimes we might be like, well, that's, I just don't even have experience in that. It's like this little tiny spark of a passion, but that's, that's all it is. And, uh, and sometimes I think, well, that's exactly what God wants you to look at. Because just like a mustard seed where all the potential is this little tiny seed and it can grow into a tree, that's what's been put inside of us. That over time, if we know how to water it, if we know how to hone it, if we know how to care for it, it will grow. It will grow. It might not happen tomorrow or the day after. But over time, everything that God wants you to do in this lifetime, he's already put inside of you. It's already there. And so ask the Lord, what is that? What have you put inside of me? If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. God wants us to be successful. But the key to being successful isn't just having a sharp axe. It's also needing the wisdom. And not worldly wisdom either. Godly wisdom. We need the wisdom of God. See, one of the things I learned about myself over the last couple of years is that I'm a strategist. And so all that means is that I can look at clutter and chaos, and I love to figure out what is the best route and most efficient route to take to accomplish something. So I can look at that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, what if I do this? What if I do that? No, this is the, be- this is the better way. This is the best way right here, and let's do that. I-, I love that. I love to think that, and I do that in my life, in every every area of my life. I do it with my son. <laughs> you know, when he wakes up in the morning, he needs to eat breakfast. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put you in the high chair. And then if I give you finger food, then you'll be distracted. And then I can do the dishes and unload the dishwasher so that it's ready for dirty dishes. And then when I go get the mail, I want to make sure that I go get the mail and then throw out all the, all the junk mail and then just put the, re- the bills, because what other mail do you get, right? The bill in the desk so that we can pay for it later. And I strategically think through my entire day so that I can save time, so that I can play with him like have his have my full focus right I think I think like that for everything and what's what I realized is that um before I would go from idea to idea and project to project from business to business I mean I started four businesses because I love to think and strategize to get it done and then over time I realized sometimes I felt like I was just spinning my wheels And then sometimes I felt like, what did I actually build? I need the wisdom of the Lord. Because it's not just having a sharp axe. It's knowing exactly how and where to use it. Matthew 7, 24, 26 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. How do we gain wisdom? How do we become wise? It's coming to Jesus, hearing his sayings, and doing them. And so this is why at The Rock we say, read your Bibles every day. 
Because it's not about making a check mark, which I love check marks, by the way, so I'm not against that. But it's going and saying, Lord, I'm going to spend and set this time apart to be with you because it's not just about my craft, it's I need your wisdom. And if I come to you and you directly speak to me, how do I do this in my life? Then we can build something that's sustaining. We can build something that lasts. We can build something that when the winds come and the storms come, it's not going to be shaken. That tomorrow, no matter what happens, it's still going to be standing. Isn't that what we want to do? Because in each of us, we want to leave a legacy. Nobody wants to build something that is just going to be torn down tomorrow. And God has put that inside of us. He's put that desire and he's put the the talents and skills and gifts in order to do that. The question is, are we willing to do all that is required in order for us to go from here to his goodness that's over here? No matter how hard, how grinding, how embarrassing it might be. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that, um, that we hear you and we have this relationship with you and that you want us to be successful in this life, that you've put into us skills and abilities and talents. And Lord, we thank you that you continue to show us what our axe is and how to use it and where to use it. Lord, we thank you that our identity isn't in what we do, but it's already, it's already set in you, that we're already loved by you. But we're motivated by that love. We're motivated by what you've called us to do. So we continue to hone our skill. Lord, I pray that that we will have ears to hear. And Lord, I pray that we have the strength to follow through. Not start something and then just let it go, but complete it, Lord. Father God, we thank you for for, uh, speaking to us today and and for those of us us who feel like, I I just don't know. I don't don't know what my axe is. I don't even even really know how to ask about what that is. Lord, I, I pray right now that you speak to them directly speak to their purpose speak to their heart open their eyes God Lord I thank you that we at the rock we are a people that no longer strive for perfection Lord but we strive to to build alongside you God we're willing to take the risks Lord we praise you we give our life to you in Jesus name Amen. 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 Hey, thank you, Jenny. Let's give it up for Jenny and that word. Thank you for that. Hey, what a what a great word. And you know, as she's speaking that there, I, I a couple of thoughts came to mind. She she mentioned some of them. Don't don't hang up your axe. Don't hang up your axe. Sometimes we feel like we're not making headway. We're not getting far enough. Um, feeling like we're not successful. Don't hang up the axe. Sharpen the axe and ask God for wisdom because you are, you are gifted. God has put a tool in your hand. This is a unique gift of yours. Uh, 
professional athletes, they may be gifted, but that doesn't mean that that's what got them there. It's not the gift. They also had to work on the talent. They had to work on the skill development. They had to sharpen the X. So being gifted, every one of us is gifted, but we have to develop that which God has put on the inside of us. But you know, that even in itself is not enough because there's a lot of people who, who are very gifted and they work on their skill and they develop that. But yet true success in God's eyes comes from God's wisdom. And so when you can work on what God has given you and, and uh, then come and seek the Lord for the wisdom, he'll tell you exactly which trees you need to cut down. And, and he'll tell you exactly how to do it. And he'll tell you where to put your energy and effort so that at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're not just swinging an ax, but you've come away thinking I'm successful in what God has called me to do and who he's called me to be. So don't hang up your ax. Another thought came to my mind is there is so much pressure these days um, through what you see marketed before you promoted the Instagram, the, the images that people present of, oh, that one family, she does everything with her kids just right. You know, they're always on some family adventure. Or, oh, look, they she just put the pictures of the food she made. Or, or that guy right there, he's successful in this business idea, and he launched, and I had that idea too. Or, or you know, there, there's all of these images of perfection out there, and the standard is so high. And we can look at that and think, I can't, I'm not even going to take up my axe. Like, I don't know where I fit. I can never do that. I can never be that. And there's something that you need to understand, especially um, as you're younger. But there's something you need to understand that no matter who's at the top today, in the future, someone will replace them. And there will be something to replace that. How many of you know what an iPod is? Right? You know what an iPod is. And, and so we would look at that and think, for a music player, a portable music player, I can't imagine something that much better. Someone might argue that a smartphone could be even better because of the features. But you know, it's not too many years ago that some of us growing up, we had no idea what an iPad, I, iPod is. The greatest, coolest thing was a what? It was yellow? Sony Walkman, Right. And then they went, you know, they went into the CD player that, that as well. And, and there was this, that was, that was the thing to have. And you couldn't imagine having something better than that and creating something better. But someone had an idea and, and they came up, you know, in a way like a David versus Goliath idea. And to, what's a Walkman? How many of you guys have, don't know what that is, right? You've never owned one. You, 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 don't, you don't have one. And so here's the deal. There's companies like Apple and Google that are huge today, but they weren't huge yesterday. You know, they weren't 20 years ago. They weren't what they are today. And guess what? Someone who doesn't even exist now, they will be the Apple or, or Google of the future. They will be the big ones. They will be the dominant player. And, and where does that come from? Somebody who starts from nowhere and believes that they can do it. They take up their axe. And so you may not uh, have an IPO and go, you know, go public in, in a billion dollar offering and so forth. But what has God put on the inside of you? It doesn't matter how good someone else is doing it. They are not you and they don't have your calling. You are you and you have the call of God on your life and you can do anything that God's called you to do. There is no limitation. And Geneve, you just, you laid that out so well of of get your eyes off other people's axes, right? 
and get it on yours. Get it in your hands. Some of you guys are like, oh, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you know what I mean. Get the gift and the talent that God has given you. Put that to work. Get some wisdom from God, and you just watch what God will do in your life. So what a great word. Thank you for bringing that. Let's give it up for the Lord and for what the word Janine brought today as well.